This is Theo Rossi, and you're listening to The Spectre Show. Welcome to The Spectre Show, Episode 8, titled... That's what I get, or and that's what I get. I guess I should make sure about that. That's what I get, so no and. Um, this will be the first ever episode that the title actually relates to something that I'm going to be talking about. Um, I've uh, <laughs> Something awesome literally just happened minutes before I decided to start recording, and I wanted to go ahead and get things out there as soon as possible so that I could calm down because I am super excited. So, all right, Um, let's roll back just a little bit and go back to Theo Rossi. When Wizard World Portland was here in Portland and I got a chance to talk to Theo Rossi, who is Shades in Luke Cage, he is Juice in Sons of Anarchy, he, he's, he's an actor, he, he's in a lot of stuff, but he literally was on the uh, UFC Unfiltered, which is a podcast I listened to, though basically the week before he showed up in Portland. So I got to listen to things about uh, how he relates to life and, and whatnot, and um, that's where I discovered Ounced Water, or Ounce Water, uh, ouncedwater.com or getounced.com. If you want to order, I will be ordering in the future. I haven't done that yet, but I am waiting to find out um, when my uh, when my misses or what my misses would like, if anything, before I order. So we had talked at the show, and I I unlike what other people would do, would which would be because um, I've done this with celebrities before. Go up and talk about how you know them, and 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 how you are a big fan of them, things along those lines. Well, with Theo Rossi, um, my wife and I got in the line, and when we were uh, at the front, and he was you know, getting ready to sign the picture, and we were going to get a selfie, which we did, um, I had mentioned that I literally just heard him on the UFC Unfiltered, and we started talking about the things that he was talking about on the UFC Unfiltered, which is I was super excited to talk about, which involved being healthy and 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 working out and and how he came up with uh, the ounced water um product and and you know things not related to the actual business one of the things he said in the ufc unfiltered podcast was that actors talking about acting is mind-numbing i guess in his in his mind now i try not to when i when i talk to a celebrity, when I have the opportunity to talk to a celebrity, I try not to just dwell on the one or two things that I've seen them in. I'd, I'd like to you know, have more of a conversation. So Theo spent a lot of time talking to us. And right as the show was getting um, towards the end, he was packing up and there was nobody at his table, nobody in line. He didn't. He was just signing all the extra pictures. And I don't know what the extra pictures were going to go to, all the signed ones. But he, um, he was just standing there, so I walked up to him and I, I asked him, would you, could I ask you to record the, you know, the bumper for my show? And he's like, absolutely. So 
I got that and I super appreciate it and I, I will continue to pump ounce water, especially when I get mine so that I can tell you how easy it is to not worry about how many bottles you drank because you're only going to have one or two and you just need to fill it or refill it once or twice and then you're done with how much water you need to live healthy. But so now that I've I've fully explained that, um, I just I, I need to make sure that nobody feels offended or anything here. But so at the next Comic Con that um, my wife is at, she is currently at Wizard World Cleveland. Um, there was an opportunity, and uh, on the last night's greatest show that we recorded, it uh, she talked a little bit about it. Um, she's working in the photo ops department of the of the show so I mean she's got access to stuff but when I was looking through the list of people that were going to be in Cleveland um one one person jumped out at me immediately and that's the person I wanted um I wanted a I wanted their stuff b I wanted an opportunity to talk to them which I didn't think I was going to get and there's your hint and then um three Three, um, he's agreed to do the bumper, and not only that, but agreed to do an interview with me. So let me back up just a little bit to say, I have wanted to write all kinds of fiction. I have wanted to write novel, prose. I've wanted to write screenplays. I have wanted to write um, comic books, scripts, um, just all kinds of stuff. I've wanted to write all kinds of media. And my in when I first had the idea that I wanted to write all this stuff, it was, it was so vast and I wasn't focused, and it was just kind of all out there. I wanted to have one like I I wanted to I had a plan at one point to have a book and a movie and a and a and you know basically and a comic book series and you know one of every little thing that all feeds into this one thing you know and at that point I was still thinking about doing musical things and um I don't I don't know if I'm gonna do the musical things but stay focused so the person that first got me to start looking at comic books more seriously is a gentleman named Dirk Manning he is a comic book writer uh, he broke into the business with his uh, horror comic, Nightmare World. The way I found him, though, is I frequent Newsarama. And when I was kind of still in the figuring out what I wanted to write phase, I went to Newsarama and I found a column called Right or Wrong. W-R-I-T-E or Wrong. You know, so writing. It's a pun. Anyway. I started reading those columns. Um, I think that I actually started with either six or seven. I mean, it was still single digits, but it wasn't the first one. But I went back and read everything up to that point also. So I've read most of the writer wrongs. At some point in time, I stopped because I started focusing on trying to write. So Dirk Manning has been a beacon for me to head towards because if I'm going to write anything, if there's, if I had to stop and choose just one thing that I wanted to write, I want to create comic books. I have wanted to create comic books since I started collecting comic books in 1986, 85, sometime way back then. Uh, then I thought I was going to be an artist as I have progressed, and I've mentioned this before, either on The Greatest Show or here, that... 
I stopped. I, I my art is not. I, I'm not satisfied with my art, and I know all artists say that. But when I look at my art as compared to somebody else's art, it looks like I am doing some cartoony looking version of it and the idea that I want in my head for my comic books is to have a more realistic feel to it. Things have changed on that note but just to focus on the writing at some point in time I realized after reading the right or wrong columns that writing was probably going to be the way that I was going to do it. So then I started switching over finding writing resources, script rights, um, how to write scripts. I mean um, I decided I didn't want to do the Marvel method. I wanted to do the more mainstream method, I guess. And that's, you know, write a script, give it to an artist. The artist draws it. We collaborate, fill in the blanks. Initially, I was thinking, you know, jump in, you know, work and get into one of the big two companies. But the more I read comics lately, the more I want my own, my own label. I want a creator-owned title. Back when I started coming up with the concept of me wanting to do comics, so when I was in you know, 1985, 1986, when I started collecting, I did what most aspiring comic book creators did, and that is started my own homemade notebook papers stapled together, hand-drawn comic books. Uh, I think I got either four or five issues into one uh, quote-unquote series before trying to develop um, what I now have as uh, what I'm now calling the Spectreverse, which is a large-scale shared universe of superheroes, basically. Um, they're not all necessarily superheroes. There's different, there's different things going on, but the, the point is, is that I have been creating a large-scale shared universe for quite some time. I haven't. I hadn't given up on the novelization type stuff. I hadn't given up on you know filming or whatever. Um, but uh, last year or so, I have. I, I decided consciously to take every single idea I had and link everything together. So, and I, I've got a thread that makes perfect sense that that brings the superheroes into the world with the space opera that I was talking about last week. And there's a. The space opera, the history of that planet actually has a fantasy element because of the beings that live on that planet. So there's that. So it's my sword and sorcery connection. But they went from that to super technology space opera. Um, I had a... It was initially just a Doctor Who ripoff character. Um, it has been developed into something well more than just a carbon loosely reskinned doctor who character it's it's um it's 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 detailed um i've had ideas um that have spawned other ways like i had a uh my i, I wanted to i i started writing scripts for a a what was going to be at that point a tv series called jedi and jedi it was that the the journal of the wills which is the book that um, George Lucas created as the source for Star Wars, you know, like a long, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. This book was then written, and then somehow it made it to Earth. He found it and has been telling us the stories out of it since. So my theory was is that this book 
or a Jedi manual is found by this group of friends and they basically learn how to control the force. What I kept running into with the story I was trying to tell was that I was trying to do what Star Wars is actively doing right now, which is it's not always light and dark. The The point of doing the whole force thing is gray, so I was building that. Well, at some point, the Jedi thing became something else. These powers developed in a different direction, and I didn't want to limit myself to a light or a dark. So now it's more of a super-powered Jedi-esque type people that are interacting with each other and how some people take this power and go one direction with it and other people take this power and go another direction with it but that ties into the superheroes which also ties into the space opera there's also the um i've had uh there's just so much i i've got so many writings and everything fits into this but um at this point Oh, because I can actually get Dirk Manning on to do an interview, and I, and this, this, my, so my wife, the, the Wizard World Cleveland at this point is winding down, so the team that she works with knew that I wanted to get stuff from Dirk Manning, so they let my wife go over, and she just called, FaceTimed me with Dirk on the phone, and I got to spend a few minutes with Dirk talking to him, and he's, He's excited. He, he, he's like, well, what type of podcast is it? I explained what I've been doing and where I've been taking it. And at this point, I can tell you it's only going to get geekier. Um, this show has been a solo effort so far, but um, I would love to bring him on as an interview. And since I am going to be doing things like this, and he is going to be the first interview, um, I'm going to start finding other writers to kind of help keep me focused because at this point... I want to stop starting projects and then and moving on. So I'm announcing right now that the space opera is on hold and I'm going to go back towards the comic book shared universe and start working on that. Um, in the vein of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, I've taken the idea of, instead of releasing movies, obviously, release a graphic novel, one entire story about characters or a character or things like that and release them in a specific order to build up my own phases so i am going to turn back towards that and i because of the bullet journal i am absolutely going to focus and and accomplish things so that is going in the bullet journal it's going to be a quest there's uh several ideas i've had so um i'm I'm a person who believes that even the villain is the hero of their own story. So rather than having a rather than having a Doctor Doom to the Fantastic Four, which Doctor Doom is generally accepted to be a villain, historically speaking, um, I want more of a Magneto to Professor X. So um, Magneto and Professor X both want the same thing. They're just taking it two entirely different paths to get there. So Magneto, while is a villain in the comics, the more that they have developed him, the more it's not he's not a villain. He's just doing he's willing to go to extremes to get stuff done. So Magneto is trying to get mutants accepted into the X universe, basically Marvel universe, without um, being judged or whatever. And he's just willing to kill to do it, whereas Professor X isn't. So I. 
my villains that I have formed aren't they're not uh, they're not evil they're they're willing to do things to accomplish a goal that just happens to be more extreme part of my graphic novel release idea is that assuming these GNs are um, the movies uh, I would start out by releasing the one that I think would gather the most attention and that is a team of characters that include a zombie, a vampire, a werewolf, uh, a pirate, there's a uh, shapeshifter, there's a telepath, there's more. There, there's, there's individuals with powers. They're slapped together and they're trying to accomplish a goal. Now, once that gets the attention, I would have the graphic novel equivalent of a stinger at the end of a movie kind of foretelling what's going to happen next or leading people on in the next direction because I want to keep that feeling that when you're done watching a Marvel movie, for instance, you, you want to sit there for the whole credit scene because you want to know what's at the end and where things will be going. So this first graphic novel kind of sets up what is going to be happening for the phase one, for lack of a better term. And then phase one has an accumulative stop. Then there's a phase two, it has a cumulative stop. And then I haven't gone beyond that because then I'm just planning out things that haven't happened nor may never happen. So, I mean, I've got a general direction to go. Um, depending on how long it takes to create this first graphic novel on my own, because at this point I, I'm, I either have to convince an artist to just kind of work for royalties with me or I have to do the art myself. Now I will put some feelers out to some some artists that match the art style that I that I want, but I cannot pay up front. I, I'll be flat out honest with that. Um, I don't have the, the, the means to pay for the uh, amount of art that is going to be required for this graphic novel. So there's going to be um, if I can't find an artist, I'll be drawing the whole thing myself. So depending on how long all of this takes to make that first one, I can then plot out the release schedule for the next four or five or six or however many based on how long it took me. And maybe my first effort will be enough to get an artist to say, hey, I would really love to draw that for you. Can I come on board? And I would absolutely bring them on board. And we would go from there. Now... I only have plot outlines for these things. Um, the very first graphic novel, the one that's going to launch the Spectreverse, is the most fleshed out story. I know what happens in the beginning, I know what happens in the middle, and I know what happens at the end. All I have to do is put it to paper in a script form. Because I want it to be a comic script for a graphic novel. That's what's going in the bullet journal. That's what's at being added to the Bujo RPG to get me focused on going forward. Because that book is still helping me. And yes, I'm working on other things in the book, developing the RPG. I'm, I'm working on having goals set to be accomplished, but I, I want to add that to be one of the goals, with like the quest or whatever. And I want to go forward, and if I don't do any other projects, if I stop there, if it was too much work... I want to get that first one out and published. And I'm going to push to get that one thing done and published. So 
that I have something to show for all the effort that I put into this. If it does go through and I'm, I'm amped to try the next phase, I will absolutely do the next phase. Um, the double take universe that uh, is based, it's a, it's a bunch of graphic novels that were released by a company called Double Take that developed from the original Night of the Living Dead, which is now public domain. They build a story around that and develop it out into something. There was going, I mean, I, I read all of them. There was a definite through story in all the graphic novels, and I was hoping that they were still around long enough to give the next phase because they it's literally a cliffhanger as to where things were going, and we're never going to get that now because the company folded. But if, if I... If I can get that out, the original out, and, and I'm excited to keep going, and things turn out well, and, and I get some sales, and, and people are excited to know more, start working on the next one, start developing it uh, more deeply than it is, um, and, and go from there. And to give you a heads up, while I am a uh, straight white male, uh, and I'm, I'm 41, so that, that puts me in a, a specific category in some people's minds, I'm trying to diversify my heroes and and other characters and then the villains so that it doesn't look like I'm populating my world with a bunch of straight white men because I I don't I I, I don't have a problem with the Marvel heroes as they exist in the comics. I had no problem when they started switching over a lot of the characters to be different genders or different races or different um religions or whatever you know ethnicities so I, I just like to start mine out from the beginning so a lot of the characters i'm working with have where they started out as white males white females i added some some other ethnicities in there but the you know the the main line of heroes was all white because that at that point that's all i knew in my life because as a young Individual, I grew up in a small town of 3,000 people in the middle of the Midwest, North Dakota. And you, diversity was the handful of Native Americans that I went to school with. And the odd exchange student that came in from a foreign country. There weren't, we didn't, I, I, my first black person that I saw was in the Navy. I mean, physically. So that's, well, that's not true because my uncle married a, uh, a, a black woman. Um, so it's basically the first black people that I got to be introduced to came in from outside. I went to the Navy. I got exposed to all kinds of uh, ethnicities and, and things have kind of been progressing from there. None of the characters that will be making an appearance in these graphic novels are going to be in their original form except one. One character I have been solid. He is developed He's got a th he's got a really long story arc, really long. So if I end up developing this to its ultimate conclusion, we have a long story to tell with this guy. And he is he's a, he's a white male, and I, he's keeping I'm, I'm keeping him a white male because when I created him, I, I he's he's got me in him. So it's it's he's part me. I'm, that's the only character I have refused to adapt to all of this. Is he the main character in this universe? Not necessarily. He's not the strongest. He's not the fastest. He's not the one that's got the most powers. He's not the smartest. 
he's going to have a really long story arc. I've got a I've got analogs for lots of characters that have developed into something other. So I had at one point an analog for Thor, for instance, a godlike being that had a magical weapon that he that he used. That character has since been developed out of existence because I couldn't go anywhere with it. There was a it was a thin reskinning of Thor for all intents and purposes. And I don't just want I, I don't want analogs. I don't want to do the watchmen for the DC universe. I don't want to have I don't want to have Dr. Manhattan just so that I can have a cap, Captain Atom like character. I don't want to have a Rorschach just to have uh, whatever he's based off. I don't want to have a Night Owl just so that I can have a Batman analog. I don't necessarily need these analogs. I've got my own stories to tell. I'm going to give them their own unique universes. Um, just like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, my graphic novels are going to be fairly self-contained, so some of these graphic novels will be happening, happening simultaneously. So when you ask the question is, why doesn't Captain Fluba go help Captain Osprey? Because they're both in seriously bad situations. They know each other and they were teamed up for a little while. Well, Captain Osprey and Captain Fluba are both having their stories told simultaneously, so they're both involved in their own thing. It's the same way why they ask, you know, why isn't Thor involved in Captain America Civil War? Thor's got his own thing going on, and we're about to find out what it's, what it's, what's going on. So there's, there's things happening. Some things won't necessarily be a one-for-one one overlapping, but I, I want to tell specific stories. And because none of the the world doesn't know my characters, I almost have to do an origin as the first story. Um, and I know people are kind of origined out, but I want to tell the origins in a way that is interesting. So this team that I told you that's got the zombie and the and the vampire and all that, you're not going to get their origin as a how they came together and what they what their goal was and why they decided to start working together you're going to get little snippets of flashbacks as part of the story there's a reason you're going to learn the little bits that you're going to learn and it won't be it'll be an origin story without being a this is how they were created this is what they do this is where they're going it's, it's not going to be that it's going to be you're going to be dropped into the middle of something you're not going to really know what's going on and then you're going to find out that some research needs to be done and you kind of learn through that research uh, who these people are why they do what they do why they live in the world that they live in and, and go from there the other thing I wanted to do is I've never been to New York City um, there are a handful of states left on my list of states that I want to visit that I have not visited. In New York State, while I have visited the state, Buffalo, in Buffalo, I've, uh, I've not been to New York City proper. So in my superhero world, I wanted to have that central marvelized city that everyone is at. Because unlike DC, if you have everybody set in the same city, then a daredevil hanging out with spider-man for an issue or two isn't odd because they're both in the same city they can come across each other when you're in dc 
to have Batman in Metropolis is a he has to travel there for a reason and then you have to formulate why they would run into each other so on and so forth so when you have a Justice League situation for instance in DC all of these heroes have their own city why are 7 to 13 heroes forming a team in a random location not guarding their own cities this is where DC, in my mind, has problems because I don't mind everybody having their own city. Great. But there needs to be a place, uh, unless all these cities are touching, like uh, if they're all suburbs, that's, that's one thing. But there, there needs to be a, a place where they all exist at the same point and, and hang out there. That's, that's why they're there. So using New York for an example... Maybe Superman has to save Metropolis now and then, but then he goes to New York to hang out for most of his time. Batman saves Gotham and decides, hey, I need to be in New York. Aquaman comes up from the water and he's got New York on the brain, so he's hanging out in New York. So all of these places need to link. So I wanted to have a central city that I can get my characters developed into and have them run into each other so this first team for instance is going to run into future characters because they all exist in the same place oh, okay having said all that new york is the capital of the comic book industry there have been places in miami there have been uh efforts in los angeles i believe i believe there's even been an attempt in chicago um, currently, as I record this and am talking to you right now, the number two place for comic book creation is Portland, Oregon, the place that I live. Dark Horse is headquartered here. I have been to their headquarters. So Portland is where I am going to set my universe. That is the center of my universe. There is a reason that it will be Portland other than the fact that I know the area. So, I mean, I'm going to be drawing... If I'm doing the art, I'm going to be drawing actual locations so that my world feels realistic to a reader. Um, the primary reason I'm using Portland is, yes, because I live here and it's easiest for me to make a reference to something because I can go there, look at it, see that it would work, and then kind of write from there. The in-universe explanation will be slightly less simplified, so it's there's going to be a reason that Portland is what it is and we'll kind of develop it from there oh, so um from for those that were listening last week i still don't remember what the hell i wanted to talk about but obviously the writing has been a focus this episode and if you were wondering how the that's what i get title relates into what i'm talking about i asked my wife to get um a bumper from dirk manning I asked my wife to get me his book, Right or Wrong, and that's what I got. And that's how this works. Is uh, I, 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 you know, last episode was titled Sin, and I don't know if anybody realizes this, but these are all Nine Inch Nail song titles. So I have approximately 167 or 187 titles for episodes before I need to start thinking about some other titling system. So this is the first one that's actually related into what has happened. So I'm, I'm very excited that that happened, and I'll uh, move forward with that. So 
Now is the time where I am going to plug all the things that need to be plugged. First and foremost, if you want to stay healthy, you need to be hydrated. Water and eating are the two primary things. You can forget exercise. If you do nothing but drink the proper amount of water and eat the proper foods, you will lose weight if that is your goal. And the best way to keep the water intake going is to have a, a, a number goal of how many ounces of water you need to drink every day. And that is helped out by Theo Rossi's ounce water, which is, they come in 40 ounces and 20 ounces, not 16.9, not 18.4, not 21.3, 40 and 20. He believes you need 80 ounces of water every day. So that's two 40s of water. It doesn't get any simpler than that. Ouncedwater.com, wait, ounce, ounce water, no D. Ouncewater.com or getounced.com would be the place to find that. As far as Dirk Manning goes, um, this is going to be a uh, plug that's a little bit less focused because I don't have the things in hand yet, but Dirk Manning has written a series of columns called Right or Wrong. Those columns have been collected into a book called Right or Wrong. You can get that, I assume, um, from his website. Uh, let me find his website so that I'm not just talking out the side of my face. Um, Oh, that's right. I'm not connected to the internet. All right. So I, I can't get Dirk Manning's website yet, but I will have that for the next episode. Um, he also created a, uh, a world called Nightmare World, and from that has spun off the Tales of Mr. Ree, and that's uh, M-R as in Mr., and then R-H-E-E, Mr. Ree. So that is the sequel series, I guess. It's, it's, it's developed out of Nightmare World. He is a horror comic book writer and you def definitely need to check him out and uh, I know that you'll be able to find the right or wrong book on Amazon or on Barnes and Noble or any of the uh, websites like that that sell books because I have seen these in stores and unfortunately well it, it, before I didn't have any reason to buy them at the store uh, because I wasn't in the stores at the time I saw them so I wouldn't be stopping. But now that I've got one, and I've got it signed by the man, Dirk Manning, um, you need to go out and get that. If you aren't listening to EmeraldSpectre.com shows or watching them, why? That's the question. In March of 2013, Bob Miato and myself started recording The Greatest Show. At that time, it was called The Greatest Show Online. Basically, it was going to be a conversation between us. We were going to have little funny antics back and forth. Uh, there have been plenty of episodes where we are drinking and uh, discussing things. Uh, four years later, we are still running. Uh, episode 122, well, episode 121 was recorded last night and then immediately after 122, which is the next greatest show fight series where I simulate fights between... Uh, created characters of us in the UFC 2 game. Um, both of those dropped last night. We've got, uh, we, we haven't had Bob in a while, but we, we talk about specific topics. Uh, things have gone basically geekery, which I have mentioned on this show before, but 
Last night we talked about Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes. The week before that we talked about RPGs. I can totally foresee uh, us talking about a like a Star Trek theme or maybe a general science fiction theme. Um, I know that we are going to be playing Exalted in the near future. If we can get Bob and the entire cast on again, I will run Green Team, which we started... We created characters, and then I kind of ran the, the preview of it, and we haven't been able to touch it since because not all four of us have been on at the same time. And then, of course, you are listening to the show, Spectre Show. It's on emeraldspectre.com. It's my, at this point, solo show, although there will be an interview from time to time. And uh, I, I just think that, that there's, uh, there's so much to, to do. Uh, Kevin Kuwick, which I discovered I was pronouncing his name wrong, will be doing some sort of geek-related podcast in the very near future. Kevin Lama, Metal Jesus, will also be doing his own. He is working on what he wants to talk about and the format. I know that much. Uh, Kevin Kuwick has basically the idea that he wants to do. He just needs to grab the people that he wants to have on his show with him. Um... I've got the Spectre show, so and then if, if we can get Bob freed up just a little bit, Bob will also have a, a show, and if you've got a show that you want geekery and that you want to have included on this, get in touch with me, and all the places you can get in touch with me, uh, Instagram and Twitter, at Emerald Spectre, you can get me an email, emeraldspectre.com at gmail.com, and all the dots are actual dots, you can go to emeraldspectre.com, to find out the latest releases, any of the news, little side projects we got going on, and all the other good stuff. Um, if you do follow me on Instagram and Twitter, uh, they, I give out regular updates. Part of my bullet journaling is to do a daily promotional item, and we still have a box full of stuff to give away. There is, uh, there's goodies that I got at Wizard World Portland that... I don't want. They're, it's, they're in pristine condition because they're brand new. Some of the stuff is still in packages. I finally gave away the Ash doll, an Ash action figure, to somebody who was really interested because we haven't had a chance to give away any of this stuff yet. So it's, it's, it's ready to be given away. You can also look forward to the newest podcast that will be coming out. Uh, I haven't decided to give out the name yet, but it, just keep an eye on emeraldspectre.com. It will be a narrative, and uh, I hope everybody will enjoy it. And finally, I did mention this last episode. I will be attempting to read Doctor Who synopsises to get myself ready to try reading an audiobook, because as I mentioned, I really want to be an audiobook performer, I guess is the word that I'm looking for. And I, I hope that you enjoy that. And, you know, maybe that'll develop into me reading every single Doctor Who synopsis, which means I've got podcast episodes for a couple of decades to work with. So I want to thank you for joining me here on the show. And I want you to show up again next week because episode nine will be coming out. And I'm sure I'll have something super exciting for that. And you may even get to hear Dirk Manning's voice on the show. Thank you for joining me. And you have a great day.